Yeah. So I'm disappointed in you. Oh, why now? So I thought to myself over the weekend, self, you're going about 15, 20 minutes away from the house. Don't be creepy. And on the way to where you're going, don't be creepy, there is a particular establishment that Mike has talked about from time to time. Mm-hmm. And self, what you can do is you can go to that establish- establishment in the car. You can, unbeknownst mm-hmm. to Mike, just FaceTime him out of the blue and show him where you are. And he will be overjoyed at, at the location that you happen to be sitting at. So this past weekend, I went to the Goulet Pen Company. I've probably pronounced that wrong. And I pulled in front of it on a Sunday when they were not open, which is good because that would have looked really creepy otherwise. And I called Mike up and I said, hey, look where I am. And I showed you the, the signage and you were like, cool, man. It's a Goulet Pen Company. Way to go. Okay, so there's a couple of things about this. One, <laughs> I'm not telling the one, whole story is number one. Like, I, I really like the Goulets. They're awesome. They're great people. But it is just a pencil. Like they they don't they don't make anything special there. It's not like it's it's not like going to Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. It's like going to the store that distributes the chocolate. Fine. I was all excited right? with myself. I thought it was gonna be great. And I But what would excite me is if the goulets were there because that that I actually really love the goulets. They're they're a great couple, and so I would be excited about them. But they obviously weren't there. You were just pointing at a sign in front of a store. But I mean, I would have had more excitement if you hadn't called me out of the blue when we were entertaining friends. That's that's the part of the story I wasn't telling. And as much as I'm giving you a hard time, I'm actually somewhat pleased and surprised that well, I am pleased and somewhat surprised that you actually picked up the phone because were the roles reversed. Well, if you were calling me, I probably would have picked up because that's so unusual and like out of band for the two of us. But generally speaking, if somebody tried to FaceTime me while I was entertaining uh, uh, other people, I would have been like, yeah, I'm not picking that up. I was halfway through making cocktails. Yeah, which actually, I, I, I realized that after the fact or toward the end of our brief phone call. And I felt terrible that of all the things I interrupted, I interrupted cocktail making, which is one of the mm-hmm. things that is most near and dear to my heart. I thought that you were going to be grumpy about the fact that I have a Twitch stream now. Oh, no, we're getting there. And I am super grumpy about that. But but, are we just going to go there? Are we ready? I'm ready. Okay. So so let me back up a half step. Uh, Listeners, I have been talking a lot about um, doing a tournament with Mike on Mario Kart, which (sighs) I told myself, you're going to bring this up on Analog. And you need to have the gentleman's name that helps you out with this so you can appropriately credit him and not be like that guy, which is super rude because it was someone who was super helpful. That really super helpful guy. Yeah, the really super helpful guy. And I'll give you one guess what I forgot to do before we recorded. You didn't write the name down of the super No, I did not. Mm-mm. So regardless, there was an extremely helpful individual whose name escapes me and maybe at random at some point during the episode, I will just jump in and do some real-time follow-up. But anyway, uh, this individual gave us some tips about how to do a tournament. And so now I think I understand how to do a tournament. Unfortunately, when we were trying to come up with the time to do it that is agreeable with both my work schedule and your waking schedule, we have yet to crack the code on what that time may be. 
And so that's what's holding it up. And for the life of me, I cannot find this individual's name. And I am genuinely deeply sorry because they were super duper helpful and I cannot find it. And it's driving me bananas. Part of the problem that we're having is trying to find a time that works for us before WWDC. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because my weekends are full and there aren't a lot of them left. And then there's a big travel. So I think after that, we will set something in place. And I will most likely be able to stream said event because I, I, I we've been talking, both me and you have been talking about this for a while. And you kept hinting towards the fact that you were thinking about buying one of these right. like streaming boxes. Yes. And I was telling you not to do it because I am, I have been planning to do this for a while. And it makes way more sense for me to have one of these things than you. Why? Because... Casey, I, 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 I play games you, now. Right? I play games now. It's a right, thing. But the, the qualifier of now is it. the reason why you maybe shouldn't own one of these things. Because your playing games will end. Mm-hmm. Mine doesn't. It is a part of my life and has been for many years. So mm-hmm. even when I'm not playing as many Switch games, I have PlayStation games that I will want to play and I can stream those too. So I bought an Elgato Game Capture HD60S unit. It's like a HDMI unit and it works with the Mac and it and it gets it it does about 90% of what I want. Um it has one really really annoying flaw on the Mac which is if I want to be speaking, um, I hear myself with like a half second delay back in my headphones and there's uh. nothing you can do about it with the software. Um, and I'm looking into other software solutions to try and do some weirdness, but like the the, the software that Elgato make, um, it's really good for the Mac and can actually, out, I can output in like 1080p, 60 frames a second or there or thereabouts and nothing else can do that. So, I mean, there are ways around it that I just haven't done yet, like the hardware and software. Like, for example, I can have a TV in the middle. If I have a TV in the middle, then it'll be fine. Um, and then the Mac can just do the streaming. So that's probably what I'm going to end up doing in the end. Uh, but I just haven't gotten around to it yet. But it's uh, it's a thing. I'm working on it. I have a Twitch uh, stream now. It's so twitch.tv slash mic streaming if you want to you can follow along and I'll stream stuff every now and then. But I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying playing around with it because basically this is just um, time that I would be spending playing video games. I can play them in front of people. Like it's really, it's kind of good. And, and I actually had a really great experience streaming Zelda because there was this whole thing on Z- in Zelda, like this whole shield, I want no spoilers, that I didn't even know existed. And along with... Um, the advice and guidance of a couple of people in the, in the chat on the Twitch stream, I was able to go and find this piece of Zelda equipment. So that was pretty sweet. So here's the thing with all this. I feel like a lot of the show has been about me being an also-ran. Marco and John had a podcast, then Casey shows up, and now he has a podcast. Mike has a YouTube channel, then Casey shows up and makes a single video and then forgets it exists, which isn't actually true. I just haven't had the time to make another one. In any case, it feels like, or I feel like, I've always been an also-ran. And I thought to myself, you know what? Maybe what I'll do is I will branch into Twitch first, which isn't to say that anyone, that nobody else has ever been on Twitch. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that amongst the group that I interact with generally, I don't think any of us had been on Twitch before. So I thought maybe I'll get a streaming box and maybe I'll start streaming from time to time and it'll be great for our tournament. And as I'm hemming and hawing about this, Mike then says to me, oh, my Elgato arrived today and I'm going to be tw- and I'm going to be Twitch streaming later or whatever the terminology is. And I thought, well, crap, 
There goes that opportunity. Why why I'm an R. Maybe the problem, Casey, is that you are an R too much. I know. Well, the Take life by the horns, mm-hmm. you know? No one was stopping you. I don't have an endless wallet like apparently you do for frivolous things, sir. Business. <laughs> yeah. Actually, the truth of the matter is uh, I have established an LLC this year, and I guarantee you that LLC was going to buy that that Elgato box, but, and I still might, but at this point to, to, to your point, it may not be necessary after all, but I am excited to hopefully try this at some juncture. Uh, I am hopeful that after WWDC and after things settle down for the two of us a little bit, maybe over a weekend or something, we can do a tournament, but we'll see. So I said I was entertaining. Uh, part of the thing that we were doing on the evening when we were entertaining is playing switch games as a four it's great. Played a bunch of Mario Kart, played a bunch of Jackbox Party Pack, which you should play if you haven't. Jackbox is available on many different systems, and it's really good because uh, everybody uses their smartphones. It's a lot of quiz games and stuff like that. So instead of needing controllers, you can have like as many people as the game will can handle, and everybody just logs in via a web page. It's very, very smart stuff. Um, Jackbox is really fun. Wait, 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 wait. That's with the Switch, or that's separate from the Switch? It's with the Switch. It's on a bunch of different platforms. Wait, so so if we did a Jackbox Party Pack thing at WWDC, let's just say for the sake of discussion, some of us mm-hmm. can be using our phones and some of us can be on the Switch, or there would be like one designated TV Switch and the rest are on our phones? Nobody uses controllers. Uh-huh. You use the Switch as the game machine. Uh-huh. And you enter your questions, you enter your answers and stuff like that. Everybody does it on their own smartphone. Whoa! And you do it by going to a website. It's not an app. No way. It's very, very clever technology. It's a fantastic party game. Um, It's a selection of party games. So the only way this works then is if your Switch is connected to Wi-Fi, like in the internet at large. It has to be connected to the internet. Right. Yeah. Okay. No, that's not a bad thing. I, I'm super impressed. That's super cool. I never realized that was a thing. How much was the party pack in pounds? Mm, something like 15, 20 pounds. I don't know. Something okay. like that. Yeah, just ballpark is sufficient. Wow, that, that's super cool. I'm going to have yeah. to try that. Yeah, they're really good. It's $25 on the Switch. Okay. Cool. Well, I'm definitely going to check that out. Yeah, they have, they have like uh, five different party games. And they will tend to be like wordy or um, they're like jokey or they uh, they have some like trivia games, stuff like that. So I re- this is just I basically I mentioned this just so I can recommend Jackbox. I've played it on a bunch of different systems. It's on Apple TV. Oh, is it? Um, it's on everything. Jackbox is on anything that can play a video game. It is on. Like <laughs> They are very, very good at that. Uh, like, for example, it's on Xbox One, PS4, Steam, PC, Mac, Nintendo Switch, Amazon Fire TV, the Mac App Store, um, Android TV, Apple TV, and the NVIDIA Shield. Hmm. Cool. They put it on everything. Yeah, it's really great. It's really, really great. And have you done some massive Mario Kart or not so much? Yeah, we did like four-player Mario Kart. Um, I did uh, some four-player online the other day. Uh, me and Adina were playing, and Dan Provo sent me a text. I was like, hey, do you want to play online? So we, we raced against Dan, and then another friend of mine jumped in on the game. So that was real fun. Um, so I've done that too. I've now done some like four-player 
multiplayer with two people in the same room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mike, your Mario mind. Mario Kart's really great. Oh, it's so good. And Mike, your mind is going to be blown when there's like six or eight of us sitting around at Dub Dub just doing this uh, together. Even if we're in the middle of, like, I know you're not going to the keynote, but like if we were in the keynote line, hypothetically, we could all be playing Mario Kart against each other. It's the best. It's humble brag. Hashtag humble brag. Anything else about the Switch and parties? I know that we're going to segue into something, but anything else about the Switch? Nope. All right. Real-time follow-up real fast in the last Switch topic. Uh, the individual that, that was super helpful and explained the uh, Mario Kart tournaments was Rhett Rogers. I finally did find his uh, tweet string stream storm. That's what I was looking for. Uh, and I will put a link to that tweet storm in the show notes. Super helpful. So thank you to Rhett for uh, reaching out. And if we ever put a tournament together, you can thank Rhett because he was the one that, that clued us in as to what to do. Today, we're actually going to be mostly talking about WWDC 2017. We're going to be talking about our preparation for the conference, the annual Apple Developer Conference. So um, the our next recording would fall during WWDC week, but we're actually going to be pre-recording the show uh, a week early. So I would like for our listeners to send in some Relay Your Feels questions for us um, to help with uh, my show planning for that week. So send in tweets with hashtag Relay Your Feels and we'll do a big bumper Relay Your Feels uh, next time. So thank you in advance for that. Yep, please and thank you. So WWDC 2017, it's it's a, it's a coming, it, it's a happening. It sure is, but before we talk about it, Mr. Casey Liss, let's take a moment to talk about our friends over at Pingdom. You can start monitoring your websites and servers today at pingdom.com slash analog. You'll get a 14-day free trial when you do. And then use the offer code analog at checkout to get 20% off your first invoice. Pingdom is totally focused on making the web faster and more reliable for everyone. They do this by having incredible infrastructure. Pingdom have more than 70 global test servers that emulate visits to your site. They can check its availability as often as every minute. All you need to do is give Pingdom the URL that you wish to monitor and they take care of the rest. If Pingdom detects an outage, you'll be alerted immediately so you can fix that error before the downtime will affect you. You don't want to be caught out when somebody wants to access your site, so you need Pingdom. And these days, websites are so sophisticated that they can often, very often, include several dependencies like contact forms or login functionality or checkout functionality and just so many more. Pingdom makes it possible to monitor all of these interactions so to make sure that everywhere and anywhere that somebody will go on your website, it's going to load perfectly. Every month, Pingdom detects 13 million outages on the web. This is something that affects so many people every single day. You want to be the first to know when your site is down, and that's why you need Pingdom. Go to pingdom.com analog. You'll get a 14-day free trial, and if you use the code analog at checkout, you'll get 20% off your first invoice. Our thanks to Pingdom for their support of this show and Relay FM. So DubDub is approaching. This year is a bit of a question mark year, I think, mm-hmm. in many respects. Nobody's really sure of anything, and things that we used to be sure of, we're not sure of. Just from a perspective of like what Apple are going to do, right? And because we did the last year has been an anomaly in many ways. Uh, but also, this year, this, this conference, WWDC 2017, is a very big anomaly for many of us. 
because we're going to a new location. And I think since WWDC became cool 10 years ago, uh, <laughs> this is the biggest change to the conference since that point. So I thought that um, we could try and maybe do a little bit of a service to our listeners, Casey, and see if we can't help but prepare people a little bit. Because I think on my show... Uh, like on Upgrade and Connected and your show, uh, ATP, we're going to be talking a lot about what Apple might do, right? Like what the announcements might be. So I figured why not on this show we we, we talk about some of the the touchy-feely stuff that goes around the conference. So I thought we should start with Before You Begin and uh, talk about some travel preparation. So, you know, you already alluded to it a little bit earlier. We're going to be bringing our switches um, so that's going to be a, a fun thing for traveling as well as being there. So I'm traveling with Federico again. He's coming to London. Um, we're having a, a meetup in London again, which I'm really looking forward to the day beforehand. But we will be traveling out together on a very long flight. I think it's like an 11 hour flight uh. out to San Jose. Um, so we'll be playing lots of Mario. <laughs> I hope you have a very big battery pack or power on the flight. We have battery packs. Of course we have battery packs. Fair enough. Uh, do you, where's your layover uh, on the way? Because I presume you're not going directly into San Jose from Heathrow. We are going direct to San Jose from Heathrow. Are you really being serious? Yeah, that's serious. That's a direct flight. Huh. Never in a million years did I think the San Jose airport would be big enough for that. Because for me to get to San Jose, I was connecting if I was coming from basically anywhere. Silicon Valley, man. I guess. Wow. you got to fly direct to Silicon Valley from London. Yeah. Man, you fancy. All right. Well, anyways. So, yeah, I will be bringing my Switch. Um, I have a regular USB to USB-C uh, very, very short cable that I will be bringing that hopefully will be enough to use... Um, the battery pack that I have. The battery pack that I have is not Mammoth, so I might deeply regret this. We'll see what happens. Um, and then everything else is pretty much normal stuff. But but what are you bringing outside of your Switch? So, I mean, you know, the usual stuff, but like technology-wise, um, I've been questioning whether to bring a MacBook, uh, but I might have to for one show because I might... But, but I'm not sure yet because, you know... I, uh, I'll be using all of Steven's audio equipment, so I might just use his computer for to do all of the recording as well. Um, I mean, like, Upgrade and Connected at least will be recorded on his stuff, and I might be doing one other show there. Um, so I'm not sure yet, but I don't really want to bring my MacBook just for the sake of keeping things light, keeping things light and mm-hmm. I might not need to. Um, of course, I'll have an iPad to do all of my real computer tasks on. Um, and, uh, my, a big thing for my travel, uh, there and back is that I have an, an Italian to look after. Uh, that's one big thing. <laughs> um, something else to think about these days, you know, is, is just general travel security, economic and global political stuff is very different these days. Um, and I, and you sent me this thing today, which I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to look into a little bit more, which is, um, one password travel mode which is an ability to create this kind of like firewalled vault within 1Password, which is a password manager, if you don't know, um, that if you use their 1Password accounts, right? Like if you have an account on 1Password rather than sync via another method, you can basically blow away all of your passwords except these specific ones that you save to a vault. 
Um, I haven't decided. I need to look into it a little bit more, like to see if this is useful to me. Because on like I don't have a one password account of my own. So like we use uh, a shared account at Relay FM, and I sync my stuff, personal stuff, through Dropbox. So I would probably want to set up a one password account first. And so I don't know if I want to go through all of that because. I really don't want to not have the password that I might need, which means whether I get into the country or not, right? Yeah, I think you're you're overblowing the complexity here. So there's a couple of different things that are that are in flight. <laughs> Poor choice of words. Anyway, a couple of different things that, that you need to think about. So the way the travel mode works, if I understand this correctly, is that you make a new vault and you mark that vault as travel mode friendly. And then you put the handful of passwords that you know you will need during travel in that vault. So say, if you're flying Virgin Virgin Atlantic, you would put your Virgin password in there. If you were, you know, potentially going to need your Twitter password for some reason during your flight, you'll put your Twitter password in there. Maybe your Nintendo eShop account for whatever reason. So you put those like five or 10 passwords in there, and you turn on travel mode. And then Everything else gets erased from your phone. It is not there encrypted. It is just literally not there at all. Upon clearing customs in the United States, then you would do whatever magic you need to do to turn off travel mode. And at that juncture, all of your other passwords would come back and you would be synced until you get back on the plane to go back to the UK. I think that's the idea. Now, in your particular case, what you could do is, because you're right, this requires a one password account. And what I would recommend for you is you could make another vault in the Relay account, in your your Relay account specifically, and you don't have to share that vault with anyone, even Steven. And I don't believe an administrator can, you check me on this, but I don't think an administrator could even quote unquote break into it. I think it's completely yours. And at that point, what you could do is you could either copy or move all of your stuff that's currently in Dropbox into the mic only uh, mic only vault in the relay account then you do this whole travel mode dance and then you've got the best of all worlds that does sound good but i as i say there's just this one part of me that makes me nervous that like you know they say what's your facebook password and like i'd forgotten to put my facebook password in and then they're like well now you're not coming into the country and i can't get to it because i've deleted order these things off my phone yeah and they I won't see let me saying. connect to the internet i mean right like yeah it, it, this takes an extra layer when it's like okay so here's this other part where i'm like what passwords am i not going to give them mm-hmm. if if i got if i got help if i got detained by customs and they're telling me give us this password or we're not letting you in the country what passwords will i not give in that instance and I don't know what, but I think it would be more than I would think of, right? Like in that moment where I'm scared and concerned and just want to get out of that room, I, there, I think I would probably give most of my passwords. Yeah, I can understand that. And I'd probably be, I'd probably say the same thing. Um, the, I guess the idea here, though, is you can say, I, I truly and honestly do not know what my password is, and I have erased it from my phone specifically i mean in so many words specifically for this moment like i couldn't get into my facebook pass into my facebook account if i wanted to and at that point what are they i mean i guess they could ship you back to the uk but jeez i don't know 
Yeah, uh, I don't. I don't know. I need. To, I need to think about this more. Basically, I need to think about it a bit more. Last time I did turn off Touch ID on my phone mm. when I landed, and I'll probably do that again, just because you know it's it just makes sense. But anywho, this is a rabbit hole we don't need to go into right now <laughs> any more than we already have. Fair enough. All right. So, uh, any other unique and interesting prep other than the same stuff you do for basically any travel? Not for me, no. All right, so for me, it is basically, since it's domestic, it's basically the same prep I would do any other travel. Uh, as we talked about, I'm bringing the Switch, which is different for me. Um, but everything else is, it's already packed in terms of electronic stuff anyway, obviously clothes or not. But my electronics are already in what, what I call my Go Pack. And that's just a, uh, it, it's, it used to be a, a small, a very small organizer pouch. It's actually now a repurposed Harry's uh, shaving kit. Uh, or shaving kit bag. But regardless, it's basically a series of cables like watch charger and phone charger and USB extensions and HDMI cable and things of that nature that always, always, always live in that bag. And so at, at any moment, if I need to travel somewhere, even overnight, I just grab that bag and I'm good to go. And the sanctity of that bag is paramount to everything. So I will never borrow a cable from that bag. I will borrow a cable from anything else in the house before I borrow it from that bag, just in case I forget to put it back. And I did put a post up about this almost two years ago now. That's on my website. We'll put a link in the show notes. The Go Pack has changed some since then. Mostly I've added things to it because I've found that there are times that I need stuff that even though it's you know kind of a one-off, I don't want to be without it. But anyway, um, I'm packing that. Uh, I'm a little curious what to do regarding clothes. I think we were planning on talking about that a little bit later. But uh, the weather in San Francisco in June is always relatively hot during the day and pretty darn cold during the night. And that's part of the reason why they that Apple issued uh, all of their attendees a jacket uh, for the last few years. I think every year I've gone, actually. And the Layers Conference, which I went to last year, which is excellent, by the way, uh, the whole, like, kind of joke behind that was in San Francisco, you tend to wear layers because during the day it's warm, during the night it's cold, or at least in this time in June. And San Jose, from everything I can tell, is is considerably warmer consistently than San Francisco. So we'll see how this goes, and we'll probably talk a little bit more about that later. But I, I suspect I will not dress appropriately pretty much the entire week because I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> Just really inappropriately yep, dressed yep, Just the whole time. nothing but a banana hammock all week long. Um, just terrible slogans written on T-shirts. Just yeah. seriously inappropriately un- dressed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, I'm, I will be going to WWDC proper. I, uh, I missed it last year. I've gone every year uh, starting in 2011 except last year. I did not win the lottery last year. I had won it or, or earned it every other year. Um, and this year I did win the lottery, so I will be going. And I'm very excited about that. Um, I'm not sure what to make of it because it is all new. It's all new location, all new scenery, all new everything. So, um, um, all new lunches, all new lunches. That's true. Uh, yeah. So there's, it's going to be interesting and exciting. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm a little bummed because at this point I know, you know, the, the San Francisco or the, the crummy area of San Francisco where WBDC takes place. I know that area pretty darn well since I've been going every year for six years, but uh, it'll be kind of cool to try something new and, and see something different, especially since with respect to San Franciscans, um, that is not a terribly nice area of the city. And I, I'm always excited to go back and see my friends. And then within like three days, I'm like, get me out of here because this place is gross. Uh, so I'm looking forward to trying San Jose instead. 
So for the keynote, you're going to be there, I assume. That's right. Again? Yep. Mm-hmm. I haven't got a plan this year. Like the last couple of years, I've watched the keynote at Twitter's office. They put on uh, a really nice, right, right, right. really cool brunch. And they just talk to you for a couple of minutes, and then they have pretty good. They have a good environment for the keynote. They have like a nice room and that kind of thing. Uh, so not got that this year, and and there are some viewing parties. Are actually, funnily enough, like just looking around, seems to be more viewing parties in San Francisco than in San Jose. <laughs> um, I know that there's one at Altconf, but uh, they don't have assigned seats. I think unless you're like you, you you buy that really expensive ticket, and I'm not planning on going to Altconf, right? So if I was, you know. If I was going to attend it, if like if my if I was planning to attend Altcon for a week, I'd buy the ticket, and then I think you get to find seats, right? But otherwise, you're kind of like first come, first serve, and I really don't want to be like running around, right? Like I get a seat, like I, I get there and I can't get a seat, and I'm then I go like I'll run back for a plan B. I'm not willing to do that, mm-hmm. so I'm probably going to watch with some friends in either a hotel room. Or an Airbnb, you know, like the the uncool kids, the kids who don't get to go, uh, either they're not fancy enough to be a true programmer, um, or they're you know they're not pro- like fancy enough to be super mega press. Right. So uh, I'll be watching with with some of some of my friends who are in that situation, which reminds me of my first WWDC. I I watched the the keynote in a hotel room with like six other people, and it was brilliant. Yeah, it actually is pretty good. That's what I did last year, and I forget the exact group that was with me. Um, but it was very kind of ad hoc and impromptu. But I basically said to a handful of friends, hey, listen, I'm not going to be there. Um, I wasn't cool enough to get an invite to Twitter like you were. So I basically said, hey, listen, I'm going to be in such and such room. And oh, Yeah, I forgot that was invites. Yeah. So, uh, so I basically said I'm going to be in room, you know, one, two, three, four, five in in the park, fifty five. And if you want to show up, feel free. And there were like five or ten of us, and uh, it actually was pretty nice. And I would still, given the choice, prefer to be at the keynote. But that said. It worked out pretty well because I could just chill and kind of kick my feet up and get a drink of water whenever I wanted, use the bathroom whenever I wanted, didn't have to wait in line for four hours, especially with uh, John, the, the, you know, the driver, Syracuse, that forces you to be there like, you know, three in the morning. So it worked out pretty nicely. Although, again, I'd prefer the real show if I had the choice. So there's going to be a bunch of parties, get-togethers, meetups, mm-hmm. etc. At, uh, at, uh, at, at ATP Conf this year, <laughs> I think is, is what I was about to refer to it as, and uh, that is part of it, right? Like you guys are, are putting on a, I, my understanding, relatively large show at AltConf. Yeah, um, I don't remember the numbers offhand, but it was, as far as I know, a more than 500 and I think less than a thousand seats at uh, AltConf. And, and so we're going to do a live recording the Monday evening, uh, basically the same time that we always do it. Uh, but in the past, we've run over to Marco's room to, uh, to record it there. And this time we're going to be doing it at AltConf. And I'm really looking forward to it. Um, we did that, that uh, kind of uh, joint show with John Gruber a few years back, uh, the, his joint uh, talk show ATP Fest, uh, where we were the guests on the talk show. And that was super fun. I loved it. I thought it was really enjoyable. Uh, and so this time we're going to be doing it at AltConf um, in front of uh, almost a thousand people. And I'm, I'm really, really psyched about that. And I'm, I'm a little bit scared, but really, really, really excited because it should be a lot of fun. That's enough people to be scared in front of. 
I mean, the, the moral of the story, here's, here's Casey's pro tip about public speaking. Uh, no matter what you do, no matter how smart you are, no matter how perfect your delivery is, someone in that room is going to think you're the biggest idiot they've ever seen in, in, in their entire lives. And once you embrace that fact, then it doesn't really matter anymore. And it's probably not best to think of people naked. No, definitely not. Especially in this context. I never really understood that. Like, I, I get the idea behind it, but I don't know how that has ever helped anyone do anything. But if it works for you, then, then keep doing it. Yeah. Um, that is sold out, right? Your your tickets are all sold out for that. To the best of my knowledge, that's correct. Okay, so uh, we're doing a meetup at Relay FM, which is uh, going on right after you guys finish so i'll probably miss the end of atp so uh maybe you should just cut it short for me right? <laughs> i will like i will you, do you my just best. wrap up like i'll give you a signal when i'm on my way out and mm-hmm. you know you can just you can just roll that thing right up so i don't miss anything yeah i'm pretty um, sure i'm not the problem but i'll do what i can yeah that's true actually that's true <laughs> I'll, I'll see what i can do there I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll 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 pull the plug on syracuse as i'm walking out the door you know like i just trip over a cable and just yeah. pull his microphone out seems fair all right, I'll work on that. I'll work on that. I'll make sure I'm positioned adequately for that. Uh, because Relay FM is hosting a meetup at the Quilt and Textiles Museum. We're not doing a live show recording this year. We spoke about that before. Uh, we are doing a meetup and so we can just meet with people and we're going to get the lay of the land this year so we can start going back to do live shows next year. I actually already have some ideas that I'm going to be scouting at locations for. I'm working on a grand plan i should say Ooh. for for wwdc 2018 I have, I have some ideas casey i have some ideas um but because our tickets i mean okay so our tickets were free because we didn't want to charge for a um for a meetup like i don't I, that's not really something that we want to do we, we charge for shows we don't charge for meetups uh our tickets went in four minutes so we have a really large waiting list which we're not going to be able to fill um this you know we could turn over i think our capacity maybe two or three times before we get to the end of the waiting list as it is right now so um we we have uh in the past like i know that you guys have as well we sponsored the app camp for girls benefit um which is a, a concert that uh women at wwdc and james Dempsey in the break points put on to benefit app camp for girls so uh, we were talking with the lovely folk over there and they uh, suggested something to us which we're really excited about. We're hosting like a secondary mini meetup inside of the App Camp for Girls Benefit at the City National Civic on Wednesday, June the 7th. So buy a ticket to that event. You'll be helping support a great cause. It's open to all ages, which is great. Um, and then we'll be there. We're going to have a little area uh, which will be a little meet-up space for Relay FM hosts and listeners to hang out. So come and see us. We will be there. Uh, you're going to be there for that. Yes, that that is absolutely my intention. Casey is one of the confirmed chained-to-the-floor guests at the Relay FM meet-up see? area, is, is what I've just been told. It, it's happening. Did you get that in your little like earpiece? Yeah, you know, I actually held my hand to my ear when I said that. I was like, yep. Coming in right now over the wire, Casey List is confirmed. It is confirmed. All right, so I will be there. Um, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. And James Dempsey and the Breakpoints, uh, great music and really, really funny, really, really good nerd music. Um, they write mm-hmm. songs about writing 
apps and writing code. And that sounds terrible on the surface, but they're really catchy and really, really good and really, really funny. And and the reason it's called James Dempsey and the Breakpoints is because it's James Dempsey, who is ex-Apple. Um, he's kind of the lead songwriter and lead singer, but um, but he has just a rotating like cast, if you will, of, of other players that play with him. And it's just, it's people from the community. It's really, really fun. It's really, really great. And I, I definitely recommend it. I, irrespective of us being there, it's, it's a really good time. So you should check it out. And plus app camp for girls is a wonderful, wonderful organization. ATP is actually sponsoring this as well. Um, although I, I don't know that we put in near as much as relay did, but one way or the other, we're both sponsoring it. So yeah, I was going to be there either way. I was just giving you a hard time. Oh, I know. I mean, but whether you were sponsoring or not, you were going to be one of the confirmed guests chained to the floor for people to come and hug and take selfies with. That that was my understanding anyway. That's what I, as I said, that's what I had been told uh-huh. um, in my mm. earpiece. Do, 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 do. Okay, so this is a funny point. I, I expect uh, that we will both be attending the talk show live. Uh, as of current recording, there are no tickets uh, available to buy i assume that this will still happen um and i will see you there hopefully that's the plan if i can get one that's tuesday right i think so yeah i think so fair enough i'm hoping any any moment now i mean i really hope by the time this episode goes up that they've been available but we'll see uh but i'm looking forward to that the talk show is always an absolute highlight of my wwdc every year it's brilliant so uh there's high hopes on you guys FYI, mm-hmm. just so you know, I just want you to know it's high hopes, like really, really high hopes uh, that you must fulfill. No pressure. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Linode. We love Linode. Did you know why? Because Linode are the company that give you fast, powerful hosting for your projects that so you can get set up in just seconds. They have easy to understand tools so that you choose your resources and Linux distro, giving you the power and flexibility that you need. Their plans start at just $5 a month for a Linux server with one gigabyte of RAM in the Linode cloud. Whether you're just getting started with your first server or deploying a complex system, Linode is the right choice for you. It's never been easier to launch a Linode cloud server. They offer the fastest hardware and network with fantastic customer support behind it all. Leno guarantees 99.9% uptime for server availability. Once your server is up, they keep it that way. It's great for tasks like running a private Git server, hosting large databases, running a mail server, operating powerful applications, and so much more. Linode has some awesome pricing options available. You can get a 1 gigabyte of RAM server for just $5 a month and go all the way up to 16 gigabytes for $60 a month. Across the board, Linode offer twice the amount of RAM that you'll get elsewhere. As a listener of this show, if you sign up at linode.com analog, you'll be supporting us and also getting $20 towards any Linode plan. And with a seven-day money-back guarantee, there's nothing to lose. So once again, go to linode.com analog to learn more, sign up, and take advantage of that $20 credit or just use the promo code analog2017 at checkout. Thank you so much to Linode for their support of this show. So I know that you have, I mean, you've attended WWC many times, right? Mm. I think like last year was the first year in a long string of years that you didn't get to go to the actual conference conference. That's right. But 2017, this is a very different year for you, right? Like, and, and as I think we said in previous episodes, this is actually the year that makes, makes the most sense because <laughs> now you are a, a bona fide 
iOS developer for a living, right? right? You are a full-time programmer. That is what you do <laughs> for a living now. Yes. And I'm wondering, like, what are you hoping to get out of 2017 WWDC that you haven't really focused on in the past? Yeah, it's a really good question. Uh, last year, I was a professional developer's but to your point, I, I didn't have a ticket to the big show, so it was very different. Uh, this year, I I think in short, I want to just be able to go to as many sessions as I can and learn as much as I can. But unlike every other year, I can potentially take that back to work the following Monday. Whereas every other year, I would just kind of follow that away in the back of my mind as like, oh, that would be neat to play with sometime. Or eh, maybe if I actually cared about fast text, I would do that one day. Whereas this is is like, oh man, I can apply that Monday. And in fact, we just had a meeting at work uh, earlier today where um, our head of product basically told us, if you want to kind of clear the schedule for the summer, to play with some of the new stuff Apple released and, you know, assuming we actually ship it, not just sit there and play for the fun of it, then, uh, then feel free, you know, we can do, we can accommodate that. So, uh, I'm looking forward to it. Um, the one thing that's bumming me out a little bit is that I currently don't have anything to bring to the labs. I might kind of loiter down there because I have a handful of friends that work at Apple who I think are doing labs. So I might maybe sign up for one of them, um, and, and talk to them, just kind of show them what I'm up to and see if they have any tips. But I don't have any like pressing, why is this not working kind of questions. So I have heard about mm -hmm. a lab, which is really interesting to me, and maybe could be to you. You've probably heard of it too, that there is a design lab. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you can show an Apple designer your app, and then they will tell you ways that they think you can improve it. Mm -hmm. That could be an interesting one. I know yeah. you maybe don't have... Um, too much sway in that department of the company but like it can be interaction design right like you know it can be user experience over user interface that could be kind of interesting for you to do especially if you haven't got something burning like that that could be something that you could come away with a real win from you know I, yeah i completely agree with you the only problem with that though is that that's far and away the most popular lab and so what ends up happening is people line up ah, like okay. hours in yep. advance and i believe that they do like a reservation system and, st and stuff like that but my point is i would have to miss out on like at least a session or two in order to be in the line to do that lab which maybe i'll choose to do but there's there's a there's a direct trade-off okay. you know what i mean so but we'll in say. the same vein as previous years you'll be attending sessions out of necessity rather than just interest i guess uh, right there'll be some sessions that you would go to that you may have not gone to in the past or like that when you go you'll be listening for information as opposed to just like i'm kind of interested in this yeah i think the latter is a better description where before it was like yeah. i would just kind of let it wash over me and now I, I I'm going to be making perhaps different selections of which, which sessions, you know, if there's one that I feel is applicable, but not that interesting. And another one that I think is interesting, but not that applicable. It's likely that I would go to the former that's more applicable to my day to day, because that seems like the more you know appropriate thing to do. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, I'm looking forward to it. We'll see what happens. I'm just super amped that for the first time I can go and be able to talk the talk, right? Like I always sort of knew what was happening, but this yeah. time I really know what's going on, and that's that's super exciting. Do you know there there might be some like Swift Labs, maybe, right? Yeah, that that could be because I know that you're very you're you're knee deep in that, where maybe some other people aren't. Mm -hmm. And I bet you've got some Swift stuff you could talk to people. I mean, I bet you've you know got either some queries or some like suggestions for, <laughs> for Swift developers. Potentially, potentially. 
I don't know. We'll see what happens. Look at me trying to pretend like I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. This is my this is my favorite time of the year where I try and use all of the phrases I've heard on ATP to to make me sound credible in discussions with people. Mm-hmm. I just want you to know that that's what I do. I, I use things I hear about in ATP. It's like, oh, clang, yeah. <laughs> Talk about all that that clang, those sweet APIs. Oh, LLVM, you say? Oh, oh you, you know me. You know me in the LLVM. Yeah. That's where I use all my sweet programmer's knowledge. Oh, Michael. Um, Last year, I had the best WWDC that I've ever had because I didn't overcommit myself as I have in maybe the two years prior. And so I'm going to make sure I do that again. So I just basically try and limit the amount of recording that I do, limit the amount of... um, even non-important or non-really interesting things that I do, right? Like there's been years in the past where I'm like, oh, I'll try this thing or oh, I'll go do this thing and and it hasn't worked, right? Like there was one year where I bought a ticket to Layers and was like, what? I mean, I haven't got time for this, but like I did it and went to one session. Uh, I think one and a half sessions was what I attended. So I don't do things like that anymore. Like I recommend for like most people to attend a conference if you're going to be in town. So you have stuff to do during the daytime. But my daytime is full of and will be full of meetings and coffees and hey, let's grab a quick and now you got to go. And I like to leave some space free because through the week people will be like, oh, you're here. Let's go do this thing. And I've already had one of those things pop up, um, which I'm very excited about. I will tell you about it later on, Casey, but I'm very excited about one of these chance meetings that might happen. So I want to make sure I keep it open so I can do this stuff, right? So I like to leave nice nice chunks of time. But I've got a few things that I am doing that I'm looking forward to. So um, Stephen's doing an AltConf talk uh, on one morning. I don't know if I'm allowed to say the date because I haven't seen it anywhere, but look out for their schedule. Stephen's doing an AltConf talk. I want to go see that. Um, I like hanging out with people, you know... The thing about WWDC, the reason I go primarily now is that it is when the largest group of my friends will be together. Yeah. I get to see more people in that period of time than I'll get to see any other time. There are some people that I only see there. You know, like it's it's definitely like a thing that I want to keep doing and keep going back to. Uh, I'm going to be uh, visiting some companies and campuses to be determined. Oh, is that who, happening again? Um I'm going to be visiting some companies and campuses, yes. I'm going to be doing that. Because mm. uh, what did I do? Uh, I did Facebook was the big one last year. We went to Dropbox, but like Facebook was the big one. We're not going back to Facebook, but I'm, I'm going to do some stuff. And I also want to get to know San Jose a little bit. So this year, is there is some reconnaissance going on, right, where I'm <laughs> I'm trying to find out some good venues for next year, right? Like the reason we didn't do anything this year is because I just was not comfortable recording one of our most important episodes of the year in an environment that I wasn't comfortable with. It was a really, it was a thing that I'm, I wasn't too keen on. Like I still get uncomfortable recording in hotel rooms, right? But like we've got that set up down, but things still go wrong, right? And they do all the time, right? But I want to make sure that like, these episodes, you know, the episodes of the shows that I'm recording, these are big episodes for those, and I want to make sure that I've got that set. So I want to go and, like, poke around some bars and, and venue spaces and kind of get to know San Jose a little bit. So for next year, um, we've got some stuff uh, in the bag. Now, talking about San Jose, so San Jose is one of the most important parts of this year's conference because we're all going to kind of get to know San Jose a little bit. 
And I've been doing a bit of digging, Casey. Oh, really? I've been I've been doing just a little bit of investigation, which I'm surprised I haven't done up until now, but I have. So I've been thinking to myself, like, what is the food situation like? What is the amenity situation like? What is that like in San Jose? So downtown is the area that we're going to be in, right? It's where the, the convention center is. There's a bunch of hotels and stuff. Turns out there's loads of bars and loads of food. So I will recommend to attendees to use Foursquare and Yelp, right? It's like a way to maybe try and find some stuff and try and see some stuff that's rated by users. So you've got that kind of thing. But I found a website called sjdowntown.com. Okay. Which is the San, Ho- the San Jose Downtown Association. Mm-hmm. And it seems to be like it's a website which lists a bunch of stuff that happens in downtown San Jose. And one big part that they have is an eat section, which lists restaurants, cafes, and bars in San in downtown San Jose. It turns out there are loads of them. So I suggest if you're going to be in town and you're wondering what your options are going to be, the link is in our show notes, go there and peruse it. And you can take a look. And there's loads of stuff. There's loads of copy places. There's more Starbucks than I think you could shake a stick at. Uh, but <laughs> luckily, it looks like that they have more options than that, which I'm really excited about. No blue bottle yet, but I know there is a blue bottle coming. So maybe next year we'll have a blue bottle. Whatever. Um, but there's a Phil's. There's a Phil's, uh, which I know a lot of people really like. And I've had Phil's coffee once. I really liked it. But there's some other stuff as well that I haven't heard of, which I'm looking forward to going to try. Do you have any idea um, how freeing it is not to have to worry about where you're going to get a cup of coffee? It doesn't matter. I I don't need coffee it doesn't matter it's not even on my radar you know what i you know what i can go if i really want that beverage that i love from home you know what i do mm. i go to any convenience store and get a diet coke problem solved this is coffee know, addiction funnily enough i've never heard this uh, this very very new argument from you <laughs> please tell me more well settle I down i can get my caffeine in many different ways i can take i can have a coke i can have a red bull i can have a tea i enjoy coffee okay mm-hmm. I enjoy it, mm. and I like to have it. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, I would just go to Starbucks. But I don't want to. I want to go to other things. I want to go to local things. I want to go to different things. Fair enough. The convention center area seems really well populated. So if you're staying in and around the convention center, or if you're going to be hanging around or spending a lot of time there, it seems like that there are lots of food and drink options. So uh, I will put that link in the web in in our show notes on our website. And it's also in your uh, app of choice that you listen to. So you can peruse to your heart's content. I do real, it's real investigative journalism over here at Analog. <laughs> yeah, it's investigative journalism. You had the do 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 in your ear earlier. I mean, this is a real honest to goodness news organization right here. Some tips for attendees. So Casey uh, noted that it is significantly warmer in San Jose. Why don't we, uh, why don't we find out? What, what we're looking at. Can you pull up San Francisco weather forecast for me? According to the forecast.io, which is really dark sky time machine, on Wednesday, June 7th, the low in San Francisco will be 54 degrees and the high will be 64 degrees. So a swing of about 20 degrees. All right. We've got 57 low, That's about 74 high on that day. Ah, see, 10 degrees warmer. Yeah. So it's it's warmer. It is between 12 and 18 in Celsius. Yeah, so we're going 14 to 23, where for me, that is a significant difference. Like, mm-hmm. we're looking at like 
good British summer at 23 degrees. So I am going to be rolling around in shorts and t-shirt for the week, which is going to be great <laughs> because I don't... Every time I go to California, I, I never wear shorts. And uh, I think one time I got to wear shorts in San Francisco over the four years that I've been going. So I'm very much looking forward to that. I mean, like oh, this over, the, you know, it's we're in like the high 20s right now in San Jose um, in Celsius. So it's going to be significantly warmer. So I'm wondering if Apple will even issue jackets. It's funny. Like they might, this might be a time to change to something else. Yeah, do, do you have admin privileges on the Relay Slack? Uh, yeah. Okay, because I am assuming you were snooping on the conversation that Marco and I had earlier because we were discussing this exact same oh, thing. I can't do that. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But, but we sure. really, we really were discussing this the the jacket issue just earlier today, actually. Yeah, I can't imagine that they're going to be doing jackets. I think it will be something else. Yeah. Who knows? But don't forget your sunscreen, especially if you're a pasty white British person who doesn't ever see the sun. Exactly. Oh, I'm going to be bringing Factor 50. Oh, my goodness. You are so I British. I hate getting sunburn. You are so British. That's adorable. I hate sunburn, right? Like, I know I know nobody likes it, but I really don't like getting sunburn. So I, I don't need a tan. So I'll just put on as much strong stuff as possible, and then I'm good to go, right? Like, I'm, I'm fine. Um, I also note to, to people coming from, especially out of the U.S., uh, Lyft, L-Y-F-T, they operate in San Jose. Um, I think they are maybe the least bad of the riding, ride-sharing services. This is what people tell me. Um, and you can sign up for an account. You can download the app. I downloaded it today. I've signed up for a Lyft account, even though it doesn't operate here. Yeah. And you, it has Apple Pay and stuff. So uh, I'm all ready for when my boots hit the ground uh, in San Jose to, to jump in a Lyft. Yeah, I'm glad you reminded me because I actually need to do the exact same thing. Uh, I do have an Uber account. Uh, I only ever use it when I'm traveling. I haven't traveled in a long time, and given all the kerfuffles that have happened over the last several months, uh, I intend to use Lyft when I'm in San Jose. Uh, And if you catch me getting out of an Uber that you know is an Uber, go ahead and scold me because I shouldn't be doing that. I should be supporting Lyft instead. It is worth noting that a lot of these uh, drivers drive both. Yeah, exactly. So there could be Mm -hmm. Uber stickers in a car doesn't mean it's an uber <laughs> right exactly right. all right and i will be honest i will admit if i if i had a weak moment and i got an uber um but but hopefully i will not hopefully i stick with lyft so i think it's worth us before we round out this section and, and start our firefly viewing club for this episode mm-hmm. that we do what we always do and talk a little bit about um etiquette for listeners who find somebody at WWDC whose work they enjoy and maybe want to say hi to them or don't know what to do. So like our tips, our top tips on how to handle this situation, which I think has become much more refined over the years as as me and Casey have gotten used to saying this and experiencing it. So this is what I think would be our agreed upon wisdom. Um, If you see somebody whose work you enjoy and they are in a situation which it doesn't look like they're doing something super private, i.e. they're not at dinner 
or in like some <laughs> one-on-one meeting, right? Like, you know, there's like a one-on-one thing happening and it looks like that, that there's some something important going on, right? And, and you know, you can, you can use your best judgment for that. You may not always get it, but people can use their best judgment. So if you're in a situation which is not one of those, so like a situation where it looks like there's a, there's a relatively large group or it just looks like, you know, people are generally relaxed or maybe someone's just standing on their own or something like that, by all means, you really should... If you are inclined, go over and say hello. If you're nervous, if you're not sure, if you think that person might tell you to go away, if you think they might push you down and run, uh, you don't have to worry about any of those things. Everyone that you will ever come into contact with at WWDC, in my experience, is very lovely and just wants to talk to you about the things that they're interested in about because you have that shared common interest. So go over and say hello to that person. Tell them what you like, what work that they do that you enjoy. Maybe ask for a selfie if that's your bag. Um, and if, you know, if this person's in a group and you feel comfortable, join in on the conversation. If you don't, go away. Or if the group doesn't feel like a group that you want to be a part of, just just say thanks so much and, and walk off. It's It's nice and simple. You only have to do as much as you want to do. If you pluck up the courage and go say hi to somebody and you're still uncomfortable but you've done it, just check it off your list, turn around, and walk away again. You will feel better. The person will feel better, um, and everyone's going to be hunky dory. Yeah, let me let me build on that just slightly. Um, I agree with everything Mike said. There are times that I might be alone, and this is true of Mike as well. That we might be alone, and we might be waiting on someone, or we might be moments away from running to a coffee or a session at WWDC or whatever the case may be. And so, if we are short please understand that we are not intentionally being rude, even though we might be succeeding in being rude by accident. Um, But we are not necessarily intentionally being rude. It's just we have somewhere we need to be and we, we have to run. Now, does that mean don't say hi to us? Absolutely not. Please say hi to us. Nothing makes me happier than having somebody come up to me and say, hey, I really enjoy your work. That That's the best feeling in the world. I Never in a million years do I want to encourage you not to do that. All I'm saying, though, is if I look like you know, my eyes are darting over to one side or if I'm looking at my watch or whatever the case may be, please don't be offended and just understand that we might have somewhere we need to run. But in the case that we don't have somewhere we're in the midst of going, I know I speak for Mike and saying, yeah, you'd be prepared to sit there for 15, 20 minutes while we talk your ear off. So, you know, it all depends on what our agenda is at that particular moment. And certainly feel free to ask if, if we can take a selfie. And, you know, if I'm in the middle of talking to somebody, you know, if you just want to say, hey, Casey, I like your work and then move on. That's that's reasonable. You know, it, th- there's no harm in that. But I, I just I feel terrible every time that somebody comes up and is really excited to meet me. And I say this as though it happens constantly. It really doesn't. But you know what I'm saying that, you know, maybe somebody comes up and they, they're really excited to meet me. And I, and I want to talk to them. But for, I'm just I'm right on the way to going to a WWDC session or something like that. And I really can't stay in chat. And I feel terrible about that every time. So please be understanding. Um if if we have to run but yeah like mike said let's take a selfie let me sign something if that's your bag i mean that's a little peculiar i don't know why you would want my signature but screw it man i'll sign something uh if mike is good he will remember to bring atp stickers for me um which he ordered because reasons that are not interesting and so uh if you say hi to me it is all but guaranteed you will get an atp sticker out of the out of the exchange so uh if you're willing to talk to me and at least lie and tell me that you like atp you will get an you will get an atp sticker 
I have such a serious stash of ATP stickers you wouldn't even believe. I probably have more ATP stickers than any other human on Earth. <laughs> Not true. even just the ones that, that I got, but like the ones that I take out of the packages that I give you. No, oh, I know. I know. It's true. Yeah. Got to siphon off your own if you're going to be hooking people up with the goods. Uh, the other thing that I would say is uh, just for general, like person to person type thing. If you're looking to try and maybe make new friends or if you're going in a small group or you're on your own at WWDC, don't forget that everybody there has a very common interest. And it's so easy to start conversations at WWDC. Just ask them the thing that they were most excited about from the keynote or the lab or the session and you will be able to make new and lasting friends forever. I have made so many friends through doing this. Like my first couple of WWDCs, like maybe two, no one knew who I was or cared, right? Like it really just wasn't. I mean, and now I'm at the point where like either people know me or they know someone who knows me or they're aware of the company, you know, like so that there's stuff that I can talk to people about or whatever. Um, but if I, you know, I would go up to somebody and I would introduce myself to them and then they, you know, I would ask them a question and they would tell me what they thought. The only person that didn't do this was John Syracuse. He gave me the perfect John Syracuse reply. I'm sure I've told this story before. First time I ever met John was in a bar like four or five years ago. And he walked in. You were there. I think I, I'd, I think I'd met you the night before, maybe. So we said hello. We just started our long and torrid love affair. <laughs> and uh, I, I asked John what he thought of the keynote, and he told me that he just recorded ATP and all these, and for me to listen to that. And he didn't say it in a rude <laughs> way. He said it in a John Syracuse way, which was, "I've said everything I need to say." Yep. Uh, all you need to do is listen. It's such a John thing to love say. Love that guy. Love that guy. He's the best. Love that guy. All right, so please, if you're going to be in and around WWDC, come and say hi. We would appreciate that. Um, because quite frankly, in case you hadn't already guessed over the last over 100 episodes, me and Casey have egos. And WWDC every year is a great time for us to have our egos massaged by the fact that people come up and say hello to us in the street. So Truth. I encourage that. Uh, so please do because it makes us feel good about ourselves and what more could you ask for than to feel good about yourself huh? and yeah, we exactly. promise we'll do everything we can to make you feel good about yourself too hugs hugs all round exactly alright so it's time for us to enter Firefly Viewing Club episode yep. 2 the train job so yes. I will tell you right now this is your spoiler warning. If you have not seen episode two, the train job of Firefly, then you may want to turn back and run away. But before we jump in, let me take a moment to thank our friends at Blue Apron for supporting this week's show. Blue Apron is the number one recipe delivery service that has the freshest ingredients. They deliver seasonal recipes along with fresh, high-quality ingredients to make delicious home-cooked meals that all come in for less than $10 per meal. Every Blue Apron recipe is all detailed out for you on an awesome recipe card. All of their ingredients are pre-portioned. So you can just, so you get these bags, you open up the bags, you get the food inside. Everything's there. You can just store them away. It's nice and easy. And then when it comes to make that recipe, you just grab all the ingredients that you need. Nothing's wasted. Nothing more than what you need. That's my favorite thing. 
here. This is so awesome that you don't need to be running down to the grocery store to get garlic and then you have five unused cloves of garlic in the cupboard for the next six months and the cupboard starts to smell because the garlic got pushed to the back. You don't need to worry about stuff like that with Blue Apron because they only give you what you need. Every Blue Apron recipe can be prepared in 40 minutes or less and all of their ingredients are sourced sustainably. They set the highest standards for their ingredients. And every Blue Apron recipe comes with their freshest guarantee. Every ingredient will arrive ready to cook or they'll make it right. You can choose from a variety of recipes every single week or you can let Blue Apron's culinary team surprise you. No recipes are repeated within a year. You'll be able to cook meals like baked spinach and egg flatbread with sautéed asparagus and lemon aioli or maybe even three cheese and baby broccoli stromboli of tomato and oregano dipping sauce. Blue Apron delivers to 99% of the continental US and there's no weekly commitment, so you just get those deliveries when you need them and when you want them. Check out this week's menu and get three meals for free with your first purchase, including free shipping, by going to blueapron.com slash analog. You will love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. So go to blueapron.com slash analog and sign up today. And we thank Blue Apron for their support of this show and Relay FM. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. All right, it is at this moment in the show where I get my notebook here. Excellent. From, from my handwritten notes. Indeed. For episode two. Let me go into the right page now, Casey, which is very important that you're at the right page for this. So I, here we go. Do you want to know anything before we begin? Uh, can you give me your overview? Just did you like it or did you not? I liked it. And not as enthusiastic as the first time it sounds. Mm. So I think at this point, like, I, I don't have huge surprise or intrigue, right? Like a lot of it is is some of what I expected from last time to continue, you know, like I, I'm not completely thrown into this thing that I've never come across before. Right. Like it, it, I enjoyed it, but, and I enjoyed it the amount that I expected I would enjoy it. Okay. Right. Mm. Like I actually, I don't think that this episode is as good as the first episode. Like it isn't as good um, in my opinion, but it's still very good. Right. But it, it is, it is now at the level at which I... I mean, it achieved the level at which I expect the episodes to be achieving. Mm-hmm. It did that. Okay, good. Now, what's interesting about this is, if memory serves, this is the first episode that Fox aired when they aired the show. I believe that to be right. I'm probably going to end up wrong, yeah. but I think that's right. Um, and So, so I, I know why. I think I can see why they did that. Yeah, as well. Having watched this, I get it, but because they do have some amount of kind of general setup that happens in this episode. Yeah, this is the first one, but golly, yep. the 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 other episode that we watched entitled Serenity does such a better job of setting everything up because there's twice as much time to do it in. Um, but yeah, there's definitely some setupy sort of things in this. Uh, to be honest. And I'm spoiler free. There wasn't that much in this episode that I wrote down. Not that it wasn't good. And this is kind of building on what you said. It's not that it wasn't good, but there was nothing that terribly remarkable 
that I would have gotten from this on a first watch through. And I don't want to say anything more than that. I think the, for me, this episode, the, the, the kind of it does a bit more world building, which I think the first episode was really lacking, and I think was my my criticism of mm-hmm. episode one. Mm-hmm. Right, it was like it was intriguing, but there was some stuff that they maybe should have put in that they didn't. Right, and and I got I like for example, like there were questions that I was asking last time, which were I think a little bit more frustrating. Like one of them, which was like, what is Earth? Mm-hmm. Where is mm-hmm. Earth? Like, why? And it turns out that they use the phrase... So basically, again, like, there is some world building here, but it, it generates more questions again than, than it answers. <laughs> but but that's fine, because they're giving me more of it. But I can see why this was used as episode one, because they actually establish some of what is going on. Now, but what I can't work out, Casey, is whether this was just added in afterwards because it was the first one that was going to get shown on TV. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know that, but that was what jumped into my mind. It was like, did they just put this in because the order changed? Or I, was this yeah. always supposed to be there? I understand what you're saying. And to the best of my knowledge, it, it is what it is. It's just that the, the episode okay. order was rejiggered after the fact. But I am not sure I'm right. And, and I do understand what you're driving at. So, like, obviously the show is worse off for having this shown because really it's more important to build the characters. But, like, I can see why if you saw all of these, you'd be like, no, you should put that one first because it actually explains what's going on in this world. Like, I can see why somebody made that decision. Even though it was the wrong one, I can see why somebody did it. Mm-hmm. So, like, they say, like, after the Earth was used up, right? Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. one of the... I think that might be the opening line or one of the very early lines. So, like, I get that, right? Like, it's... it's it's, And this is all done, uh, I'm happy, not in exposition, but as voiceover, because exposition would suck, right? Like a character saying this would just be so dumb. Oh, wait. So did you have... This is spoiler-free. So when the show started, did you have kind of a view of planets and Mal doing a, uh, like a 10, 15-second voiceover? Uh, no, it's... it's I I believe it's uh, Shepard, right? The Shepard okay. uh, book. But one way but or the what other... What I mean is whilst it's the character's voice, he's not explaining it to another character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Do you know what I mean? I do. So the reason I'm a little confused is that whenever I've seen Firefly on TV, at the beginning of each episode, I think you're right. I think it's not always Mal. At the beginning of each episode, they talk about um, Earth that was, and they you know, and they just kind of go through, kind of do a little world building at the beginning of each episode while they're showing like planets and other right. paraphernalia. On my copy, which was direct off the Blu-ray rips, they didn't do that song and dance. So that's why I was a little confused for a second. And I know what you're referring to, and that is kind of helpful to do the world building and kind of uh, set up. But unless I totally blanked, I don't believe that they did that on the versions that I have. Well, this this didn't happen on episode one. So this is just on episode Mm -hmm. two. There is some of Shepard book, and he's explaining. Mm -hmm. It says there was a war... Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It talks about yeah. the alliance, the independence, of unification day, mm-hmm. which are things that come up later on in the episode. But like, even then, I'm writing them down. I'm like, what are they talking about? Right? They're just saying <laughs> these things, and yeah, I'm yeah. like, I'm sure these are going to come up. So like, it feels like to me that the universe is getting flashed out a little bit more. But I still have mm-hmm. a bunch of questions, like like why did the war start? Right? Like, I can see that there must be some link between the Earth, like natural resources were used up on the on Earth. Right. Then there was a war, and somehow 
between that happening and the war beginning, these factions began, or like these factions started afterwards, the Alliance, the Independence, and then Unification Days when the Alliance brought everyone together, right? But like, obviously, there mm-hmm. are still these independents that are rushing out. It's like we learn from the opening when um, Mao, like we learn that our crew, our Firefly crew, they are considered independents because uh, when that drunk guy is like shouting his mouth off um, about Unification Day, because it is U Day. Uh, Mal gets really upset and then the big fight starts um, my favourite character Inara I learned a little bit more about Inara this, on this episode um, one thing that I'll mention because I'm going chronologically through my notes here um, I think she's she's like she's talking to someone I, th- I can't remember who it is she's talking to at this point but she says the phrase a companion chooses her own clients yeah I believe that was in like, talking to um, Kaylee yeah, and then and then Mal comes in, doesn't yep, he? Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, I, I remember that, and it, and it was um, that was interesting, right? Like it's just again in trying to understand what the role of a companion is in this society. So it's like okay, so people will obviously want her services, but then she'll choose who she wants to become a client. And it seems like that these clients they are long term relationships, like, and it is a companionship as opposed to just a one night thing is is what i'm starting to see here mm-hmm. i guess mm-hmm. maybe um we get more of the like uh, the love story angle like or like the 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 romantic interest between mal and anara right mal tries to protect her from an undesirable person nishka i think yeah. mm-hmm. he wants her to leave the ship no, sorry to not leave the ship when they go onto this planet um and uh, they go meet this guy Nishka, and he is—he's uh, super mean. And I really liked the uh, where he's talking about my reputation is fact. It's like you've heard about me, you've heard my reputation, and then he like opens that door, and like there's that dude hanging upside down, yeah. right? <laughs> right and he's like my reputation is fact now because you've seen it and i was like i really liked that like that was a really cool way of of doing a scene like that where he's like you've heard these things about me you haven't just heard them about me you can now see them because there is a guy who i'm hanging upside down and my big brute friend is gonna go kill him right yeah i like that yeah i completely agree and uh yeah nishka is a I don't know. On the surface, he's like the stereotypical like bad guy, but I don't know. I feel like there's there's some depth to him, in even in this episode that that it just they're 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 clearly setting something up, right? That they're they're setting him up to be a foil later on, based on the result of the train job, right? Yeah, my eyes were rolling a little bit about the fact that it was even in the future, the good guys are the Americans and the bad guys are the the Eastern Europeans. <laughs> that's fair criticism. It's like even when we're not on Earth anymore, that's still the only way that these things can shake out. Mm-hmm. Um, I there was a there was an exchange between Simon and Katie that I really liked um, when like the the train thing is going on and Simon's like, "What are we doing?" and Katie just goes, "Crime." I thought that was really funny. <laughs> Yep. She's so innocent. It's so adorable. But she's not, though. Yeah, yeah. No, no. no. I, yes, you're right. But she has this, like, kind right? of aura of innocence. Yeah, she she portrays herself as an innocent person and says things in an innocent way. But she is very aware of everything that's going on and is involved in it, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I know what you mean by the innocence, but it's 
she's not and and that that's what makes it so interesting she appears to be that way like physically like they make her look like a young girl right even though we know she's not they give her that kind mm-hmm. of like rosy face and you know like they go for that look but it's it's good like oh there's something i didn't really write down in my notes they're starting to flesh out um what is the girl's name simon's sister river summer river, river. They start to flesh well, her, her out a little her bit more, right? Name, her actual name is Summer. So you, you get bonus points for that. But her character's name is Oh, Robert. look at me now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so, that, you know, they're starting to flesh her out a little bit more. She's got more going on in this episode. You know, we're starting to... We see some, like, flashbacks or dreams of hers. And um, obviously the episode ends with the FBI agent guy right the agent sorry i should say like you know we we see the payoff of what we knew was coming anyway right that they are looking for her like that is what this is that's what the story is if they are trying to find her like i feel like that's probably the story of the show like the the overall arc that will probably run through the entire season is these agents trying to get to her and how the our crew maneuver around that and like how that keeps intersecting with them um, and we're starting to see a little bit more. Like she starts to utter some things that I can't remember off the top of my head. Something about hands or something like that. She's talking about mm-hmm. I, two I, by I two remember. hands of blue. There you go. Right. So it's like we're starting to see things now, where it's like the the puzzle pieces are starting to be put down as we're trying to like two things. Like one, understand what they were doing with her, and the the, the other shoe that hasn't dropped yet is what powers does she have? She has power of some description. Right, whether it is some kind of uh, kinesis type power or some sort of superpower, or she's incredibly smart, right? Like we haven't seen all of that, and and there's something that Simon said during the episode which is interesting to me. It's like this isn't who I know, right? Like that he's still waiting for her to like calm down or like mm. go more back to normal. So there's like this whole other character that we haven't met yet. If that happens, so like. Because we don't know anything about her yet, really, and and I'm I'm interested to see is like if that starts to shift. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Something I thought was really weird and funny, and and it kind of lends to a theme which is in this episode that that whilst he is a good guy, Mal can be a dick. Oh, can he ever? So true. Right. And and one of the things, but it's like it's to other people. Right, so one of the things they're trying to escape from one of the alliance people on the on the train, right? When they're on the train, and like they've been discovered, they've sent the 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 package up with Jane. Jane's been shot in the leg, right? Like the package is going up, and uh, they Mal lets off a smoke grenade on a packed train car full of families. Yeah, so he can escape. Yeah. Yeah, he's kind of a jerk. And it's like, that's a real bad thing to do, right? Like, that is just a bad thing to do. You are in this situation, so instead... And you're the best way you see out of this is to do that, right? Is to let off a smoke grenade and throw it into this packed train car full of people. And the smoke is so bad that they have to stop the train, right? Um, So then they find out that what they were stealing, the package of his center steel, was medicine to cure a sickness of these people. And I really like like the way that they laid out the sickness. It's like, you know, we all left these our, our home planet. We all went to these different planets and started colonizing these planets, right? 
But it turns out that the atmospheres of those planets don't necessarily work so well with our Earth bodies, and now new diseases are uh, starting to appear. But we have ways of curing them. But, like, I thought that was interesting. So uh, they've stole this medicine, and they're being interviewed by the sheriff of the town. Mm -hmm. And I kind of did like the fact that at this point, it's really hard to understand or to predict what Mal is going to do. Because he gives the impression of, like, we're going to run, right? Like, we're going to take this and we're going to get our payday. Like, it's hard to actually try and read what he is going to end up doing. I mean, you know, the end of the episode, like, turns out, yes, right? Like, he wanted to return it. Like, he was, he just needed to get out of the scenario so he could then return it and try and escape again, right? But it was... At that point, like it was hard for me to tell if he could, if he actually felt remorse for stealing the medicine that these people needed, and that's a good complex character, right? Like where I feel like I'm not sure about what that character would do, and that's that's a good complex character because he is a very complex character. Yeah, and at the end, when he when he gets caught by the sheriff returning everything. You know, I forget exactly how the exchange went, but it's something along the lines of like, you know, we we realized or Mal knew what it was. And at that point, he only had two choices and and, or the sheriff says to him, well, you know, at that point you have two choices. And Mal says, well, I don't believe you do. In other words, your only reasonable choice is to bring the medicine back. And so that's the kind of paradigm or conundrum of Mal, right? And the one side will smoke bomb an entire train car and the next side he'll give up what from all uh, description seemed to be an in, just an incredible amount of money, and you know it, he would prevent Nishka, Nishka getting all upset at him um, if he had just sold the medicine. But instead, he does the right thing and gives all that up and gives the medicine back to the people. Yeah, I think part of that as well is like I, I think that a, a traveler like him, a, a scoundrel like him, knows you're never out of trouble with someone like Nishka. Mm-hmm. You could do absolutely everything that that guy asked you to do to the letter, and you're always going to end up in some kind of sticky situation. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So I feel like for him, he was like, I'm willing to to deal with this because it was never going to be easy anyway. Right. Like, so I'm going to do what I think is to be the right thing and and be down the consequences. Uh, We see more uh, hints of something that's going to happen with Jane, I think. Jane really likes to be in charge. Um, And then Simon. drugs jane which is hilarious i really like that moment that was funny uh something that i raised my eyebrows to kc shepherd knew who nishka was mm-hmm. and i wonder why a man of the cloth would know about this really dark and evil individual let's just there's more to shepherd book yeah. than than meets the eye let's I just think. say that's astute of you and i will say nothing more Okay, I think that there is something going on with that man. He seems to know lots of things that maybe he shouldn't as a man of the cloth. Indeed. Um, Inara saves the day, right? So she goes in uh, and gets gets them out, right? Like she goes in and, and she gets out uh, Zoe and Mal. And uh, she is referred to, you know, people are uh, surprised and excited, maybe in awe and talking when she's walking through. And the the sheriff is like, oh, a registered companion. And she is, in the social structure, above him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I cannot get my head around all of this. It is so interesting to me just trying to work out what and who she is and what her job means, right? Because she is 
at the point where like no one's questioning her because she came into the town to pull these people out. She's like, yeah, okay. Like your paperwork's fine. So you, whatever you say, right? So there is some kind of social structure which I don't know if we're ever going to see, but like continues to unfold that I find to be really interesting. Um, I also uh, really liked Zoe's role in this episode. Um, like she, she really underscored the fact of how like she's really strong. You know, she's like a strong character, but like physically and mentally, um, you know. And her and Mal, they really they they are a duo, yep. right? There is no. Um, there's no pecking order between them other than, you know, every now and then he has to be the captain because that's his job, right? But when they're out on these missions, like, they work together. It's always the two of them together. And I also found really interesting how Wash is left to worry about her. He is left in the ship to worry about her mm-hmm. rather than the other way around, as you may see in, in a lot of these types of shows. And he's left behind on missions, He's freaking out. He's like, not with my wife out there, right? Like, we're not going anywhere. And I, I thought that was, it's interesting to watch that. Um, I, I kind of like that that juxtaposition from what we're used to seeing in these types of movies and TV shows. Um, the episode ends, right? That they're in trouble with Nishka now um, because they didn't get, they didn't deliver the medicine. Uh, there's a gruesome end for that big brute guy. Right, where he tries to give the money back. Yeah. So it's like, take the money back, got the 50% up front. He wouldn't do it. So, uh, again, with Mal's weird juxtaposition of character, just pushes him into a jet engine. Yep. Uh, oh, but I did really like how the next guy was kind of just like, okay, whatever you say. Right, like, I'll, t- <laughs> I'll give whatever message you want. Yeah, yeah. Another another instance of Mal being so weird and interesting is when he was talking to Shepard Book and they got talking about religion. I forget exactly how it came up. But Mal eventually says to him, I wrote this down, you're welcome on my boat, God ain't. And it's like just so savage. (laughs) It's a good turn of phrase, but it's just so savage, right? Like this is clearly something that's important to to Shepard Book. and, and, And Mal has just no problem with shutting it down hard. It's just it's a very weird thing. But I thought it was a good episode. Um it kind of really establishes them as kind of a thieving, you know, uh, swashbuckling uh, group. Uh, it, it introduces, you know, some new characters, and I thought it was pretty good. But it it was now we're now we're easing into what is a regular episode of Firefly, and so we'll see what you think of the next one, um, which I don't have what it's called in front of me, but uh, whatever the case may be, uh, the next one I'm I'm curious to see what you think about that. Yep, and uh, I'm enjoying it. Like I said, I good, good. I still really enjoyed this episode. It just I didn't enjoy it as much as the first one, but I never expected to, right? Mm-hmm. Because there was there was more in the first episode than subsequent episodes would give me because yeah. it was the first episode, right? But yeah, I did really enjoy it. Uh before we go, let's figure out mm-hmm. what the ep- what the name of the next episode is. Do you have it in front of you? I'm trying to load Plex as we speak. Let me see if it's on Wikipedia. No, I don't have it in front of me. All right, we will stall for time and Mike will put in the Jeopardy music as we as I'm sitting here and look at what Wikipedia says. It is Bushwhacked is the next episode. Uh so we will watch that uh sometime in the next few days as we record this so we can talk about it next week. <laughs> 